it is 5.07 on election day and I am checking the news in my email. Welcome to the Gaggle Podcast, where we bring you alongside reporters to talk Arizona politics. I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez, a political reporter at the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm Ron Hansen. I cover Arizona's congressional delegation. It's been a crazy election season. In so many ways, this midterm cycle feels as though it's just an extension of the 2016 presidential cycle. Over the past two years, the press has played a character in this long-running political drama, mostly over its depiction of President Donald Trump, his administration, and its coverage over local races. Given the accusations of fake news and accurate reporting, we wanted to bring you inside the newsroom, alongside Arizona reporters to give you an inside view of the reporting process. You're joining us on election night, one of the busiest and one of the most exhilarating nights in the newsroom. While Yvonne and I were in action getting you the news on election day, our producers were following us and other political reporters in the newsroom. So up next, hear how Tuesday, November 6, 2018 unfolded. Hi, I'm Taylor Seeley. And I'm Taya Francesca Price. We joined the Gaggle team as audio producers a few episodes back. Normally, Taya and I are really quiet. Right, as in we're completely silent. Yeah, we will set up our recording equipment and we'll meet your typical hosts, Yvonne and Ron, in the newsroom. But today... Yeah, well, let's just say we're on our toes. So, Taya, I think what's kind of funny about this episode is that we were most concerned when we wanted to bring listeners into the newsroom that there wouldn't actually be enough news, especially in the morning hours. Right. But, of course, that was not the case today. Not at all. <laughs> no. And right away, there were voting issues, right and early. Um, but our reporter, Jessica Bame, who covers this topic, made the call to the Maricopa County Recorder's Office and spoke with Adrian Fontes at 7.30 a.m. Okay, Adrian, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, perfect. All right, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, we had, uh, I guess you could say exactly what we expected. We had uh, uh, one uh, major technical problem that was resolved in about an hour. Uh, we had two locations that we were locked out of. Um, we had a couple of slow starts, uh, some of our locations didn't open up till about 10 or 15 minutes after the uh, six o'clock opening time uh, small number and uh, mm -hmm. we are up and running as I understand it right now mm -hmm. so uh, just to confirm the St. Nicholas um, church that is up and you guys are in there that's open and operational uh, the other one Gila precinct that we were locked out of because of the right. foreclosure we uh -huh. set up a polling place in the parking lot and as soon as we get a court order and get the sheriff to open the door for us, we will be back in the building. But there are people checking in uh, with our site book system, 
on this beautiful Arizona day in the parking lot, and they are voting. Yeah, thank God we're not in Wisconsin or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why we live here. <laughs> so while they were discussing this foreclosure that happened, which was impacting voters trying to go out and submit their ballot, I was driving in Paradise Valley with our political reporter, Maria Paletta. Okay, I'm Maria Paletta. I'm the state politics reporter for The Republic. This morning, we're heading over to Governor Ducey's home polling place in Paradise Valley, where he will be casting his vote or dropping off his ballot. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Hi, Maria. How are you? I will be back out in just a minute. Thanks. And then hopefully talking to reporters for a little bit afterward. So when you arrived there, what was it like? Uh, so there was a group of people that was waiting, um, and everybody was still waiting for the governor to arrive at this church, but the conversation was already veering towards, are there voter access issues happening right now? What are you hearing so far? Are there any issues with the polling places? Um, well, one of the buildings apparently got foreclosed on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, these, these ladies are and saying they the same out? thing. Yeah, I guess. Other than that, I, that's the main thing I've heard. I've never heard that one. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. That's I thought amazing. it was a joke at first, but no. Who are you guys with? Arizona Republic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, the landlord locked the doors on Golf Academy of American Phoenix in Chandler last night after poll workers had set up the polling place. Ballots are still inside. Wow. That's the, the lockout one? Yeah. I understand the concept of leverage, but they're gonna, the, the dude, the dude or whoever it is, is going to have a lot of problems. Free and fair election. So this was in Paradise Valley, right? Yeah, it was, and you know, to be honest, it was a pretty nice day. It was a very quiet kind of morning. We're at Governor Ducey's polling place, the church in Paradise Valley. There are a couple other reporters here. We also have some volunteers with campaigns approaching voters as they hit that 70 foot or 75 foot electioneering line. So we're just waiting for the governor to get here and drop off his ballot. Um, you know, very, very mellow with people arriving. Definitely some very nice cars. There are some Corvettes and I counted a few Teslas, which is always amazing to see. Um, but we weren't waiting for very long. Probably have like the governor right here. But the governor arrived, he went in, submitted his ballot, and I would say it was out in just a few minutes. And then he stopped and spoke to us for about four or five minutes. But, you know, everything that he had to say was pretty run of the mill. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you feeling? Feeling good, uh, excited energized. So, what did you make of that? That was pretty much what I expected to hear. Governor came in really cheerful, was greeting some of the volunteers out there, some people who were voting. He shared some really sort of positive feelings going into today, so looks like he's feeling good. And then what do you make? He did mention that um, he's hoping that, you know, Martha McSally crosses the finish line as well. Is that pretty on par with his message? Was that something that you would expect him to say on a day like today? Yes, absolutely. When the president visited for his rally in Mesa, Governor Ducey spoke very enthusiastically about the president, of course, but also about electing Martha McSally. And again, the GOP rally that was held in Prescott on the courthouse steps last night, again, he was stumping for um, Congresswoman McSally, has encouraged everybody to vote straight Republican on the ticket, which we heard again today. So I know he's really hoping to see her go to the Senate. Well, speaking of run-of-the-mill types of comments, I mean, I have to assume that's pretty common for candidates on Election Day. Right. That certainly was the case for Yvonne and I when we saw Kirsten Cinema 
around 11 a.m. So where were you at? Where was this event? Okay, walking up to America's Taco Shop on 7th Street in Monte Vista, a little bit north of McDowell Road. And I need to find Yvonne. Oh, I see her. Uh, Hi, Yvonne. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. What are you doing this morning? I am checking in with sources, and I'm at America's Taco, where we're waiting for Kirsten Cinema to make an appearance. I also ordered a bean and cheese burrito. So, Taylor, this taco shop, what was the venue like? The venue was super small. It actually looked like it was in an old historic home. I don't think I would be surprised if I actually found out it were. And it had a patio that faced 7th Street, which, I mean, if you live in Arizona and you've been on 7th Street, you know, it's super busy. So it was quite a loud patio and it was very, very windy. And where we were seated, uh, Yvonne was surrounded by probably 10 to 12 reporters from all across the country. New York Times, ABC, local um, stations. Um, we don't know, we haven't heard from Martha McSally what her schedule is, but we did catch wind that she might be at a diner in Chandler around noon. So um, right as I got there, Yvonne really wanted to fill me in on the other Senate candidate, Martha McSally, because Taya, as you know, she has had a really tough time getting access to her. Right. Wasn't Yvonne taken off of the McSally press list? Yeah, she was. Um, and so I actually asked her about that. You're not on the press list for her. So does that mean you're not allowed to go or would you still go? I mean, typically they Want, like, so yeah, she wasn't on the list and it really put her in this tough spot because obviously she wanted coverage of Martha McSally, but she kind of ran the risk of if she goes out there, there's a really good chance that she could just get kicked out. So ultimately what she did end up doing was just ask the newsroom to send another reporter. So what was it like when Kirsten arrived at the event? So um, Kirsten Cinema has just pulled up in a maroon SUV. She is, it looks like she's probably has some sort of... Um... So she walked up the steps onto the patio and essentially went to immediately answer the reporter's questions. Okay, now I'm happy to answer any questions. She have. said she was feeling pretty good. <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel great. And uh, then gave her pretty typical spiel on. about what she wants for Arizona with her as our senator. Arizona, Obviously nothing out of the usual. You know, I've been very lucky and privileged to serve my state in Congress, and I can't wait to serve as my I will senator. say it was kind of funny. She kept mentioning her favorite drink from this taco shop. Oh, really? What was it? Well, it's Cochata, let's be clear. It's coffee Okay, it was called Cochata. This is it. Iced coffee and horchata mixed together. There's nothing better in the whole world. So it's part coffee, part horchata, which, if you don't know, is this rice cinnamon milk. After that, I chased Yvonne over to Burton Bar Library because Kirsten Cinema wanted to greet voters there. Oh, wait, is that where that funny thing happened? Okay, yes, I have to tell you guys about this. When she walked up, somebody said, are you a registered voter? I heard that. I was going to tweet that. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, I am a registered voter. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, did you know where she was? And she goes, no. I don't know who anybody is. I just have to ask that question. <laughs> It was really funny. I didn't actually capture it in the moment, but Yvonne told me about it shortly after it happened. It was really funny. I was pulling up and I had my window down and I saw Kirsten Cinema walking across the parking lot and there's a table over there with a green tablecloth and there was a woman and she tried to stop um, Kirsten Cinema and she said, excuse me, excuse me, are you a registered voter? Can I, are you a registered voter? And Cinema turns on and she goes, Yes, I am a registered voter. And then she came over here and proceeded to answer questions from the press. It was really funny. It's a good thing her answer was yes. Yeah, <laughs> so that was just funny.
Now that reminds me, when I was with Maria, just as Governor Ducey was walking up uh, to cast his ballot, there was a woman also walking in, and one of the volunteers for this other campaign was standing there like, oh, are you here to, to you know, actually vote, or are you here just to shake the governor's hand? And she was essentially saying, I wouldn't recognize the governor if I walked past him. I know. I have no clue. I wouldn't know if I ran into him. If you would just. And there's you know, the incumbent governor, Ducey, walking right up. So it was just, it was kind of funny. Those are the moments that, you know, sometimes we forget about in the chaos of the day. I think with that, then you're obviously trying to talk about what happened around 1130. Right, so around that time, the entire Maricopa County computer system, which, Taylor, as you know, is needed for voters to check in at the polls, mm -hmm. that went down around 11.30 a.m. And so Adrian Fontes confirmed that this created maybe a 20 to 25 minute slowdown for voters. Um, and apparently, I guess the system was down for about a total of five minutes. Yeah, I think I actually spoke to Jessica Baim about that around 1 p.m. Hi, I'm Jessica Baim. I uh, cover Maricopa County and also the city of Phoenix. The voting at some of the polling places has been going. It's been a little bumpy, but nowhere near what we saw in August, which was pretty rough. Back in August, the big issue was that polling places weren't set up and ready to go at 6 a.m. when polls were supposed to open. And so we were concerned that that might happen again. But when I talked to Adrian at about 9.30 last night, they only had eight more left to set up. Um, and when I talked to him this morning, he said they finished the last one around 11 o'clock last night. So definitely uh, down to the wire, but it looks like they were able to uh, pull it off. But like I said, it's been a little rocky this morning. I mean, when you think about it, voting is our most important right and most important responsibility as Americans. And so people take it very seriously. So if there are any bumps in the road, people freak out a little bit. Um, both because it's an important thing, but also because just nationally we've had a conversation evolving about, you know, the security of our elections and possible disenfranchisement um, or, you know, making elections easier or harder for certain types of people or political parties to vote. So anytime you have even, you know, what is to be expected, which is you're always going to have, you know, a, a computer that takes a little too long, or you're always going to have a poll worker that maybe didn't remember their training entirely. Those are normal type issues, but if you're the voter that experiences them, it causes a lot of concern for people, and we certainly understand that. Unfortunately, uh, it's hard to remember a time when voting issues weren't a major headline in Arizona. Uh, back in August, obviously, we talked about the the setup issues, but if you remember back two years ago now, a little more than that, in the presidential preference election, uh, there were a, the county had decided to uh, limit the number of polling places that were open that day, that Tuesday, and because of that, the lines were, you know, insane, and, you know, a review afterwards found that, you know, as many as 100,000 people may have walked away from the polls without casting a ballot, um, and before that, for at least two of the major elections, there was a big issue with provisional ballots and uh, incorrect instructions and uh, ballots not getting counted or taking way too long to count. So, I mean, this is not a new issue. We have a new county recorder and different but similar 
issues are still happening. So Taylor, when you spoke to Jessica, that was in our newsroom, right? Yeah, that was in the newsroom. So we should probably describe what our newsroom looks like, especially on election day. Probably. I think probably everyone could agree in this newsroom, the best thing about walking into our office every morning is the security guard saying hello. Yeah, but, you know, after you do your daily greeting with the security guards, you head up the elevator to our floor, and when you get out, I don't know, Taya, how would you describe it? I think the first thing I would say is that no matter which side of the elevators you get out on, because we have two sets, so a total of six elevators, the first thing you're going to notice is the blue walls and the blue color. It is a royal blue. It actually, to me, looks like the LA Dodgers color shade of blue. Yeah, that's a pretty accurate description for sure. So that's like the first striking feature. Um, and then when you turn left or right, again, depending upon which side of the elevator you get out of, um, the first thing you see, which I love, is a print of part of the First Amendment. Yes, it's kind of like this sense of gratitude on the right. And then when you're looking forward, you have the uh, the logos, again, kind of keeping in theme of representing us. and right, the, the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Definitely. And then you have the three television screens that are always playing different news stations. But it's really behind this wall where there is just all of the action going on. <laughs> Do I need to pin the results in the hot box? Right. So behind this wall is our breaking news hub. This is kind of like the queen bee station of the entire newsroom. It's what divides us, but it's also what brings us all together because we all meet there, we all scream across the breaking news yeah. hub. So it's kind of like the central meeting ground of our newsroom. Well, uh, it's published. He'll so at this point in the late afternoon, early evening, it's pretty quiet, but really this is the calm before the storm. We caught up with Ron. Hi, Ron. Hey there. So how's your day going? So far, so good. It's five o'clock, so the good stuff is not settled in yet, so this is the easy part. Right, and so can you remind our listeners what specifically, what beat, as we call it, are you covering? Yeah, so I'm following the House races uh, in Congress and in particular our nine uh, House seats here in Arizona, and we have uh, several of those races that are expected to be uh, pretty competitive, a chance to flip maybe one or two of those, and so <laughs> We're trying to get a sense as to whether the mood of the country is uh, that we're seeing things turning blue or uh, throwing out incumbents and whatnot. And then later in this evening, we'll start to get our first look at how competitive the night really turned out here in Arizona. So like Ron said, there are still a few hours to go before the real action begins. But at this moment is when the pizza arrives. I feel like pizza has become synonymous with election night. It's just an expectation. You know, new, um, the news industry is not particularly lucrative, and this is one of the perks that we look forward to. <laughs> After getting dinner, it's sort of this waiting game for the first results, which come in at 8 p.m. But when the clock strikes 8, that's when the newsroom becomes energized. 
Uh, you know, it's getting to the point where I want to start seeing what Arizona looks like. I'm tired of looking what Pennsylvania and Florida and everyone else is doing. I want to see what we're doing. We have to be a little quiet because our video studio in the corner of the office is live streaming. But meanwhile, Taylor was at the Democratic Party, and that in no way was quiet. Sorry, stressed. Inside a ballroom at the Renaissance Hotel in downtown Phoenix. This is the traditional gathering spot on election night um, for Democrats. They gathered here just a couple of years ago. Many uh, tell me that they have returned more optimistic about this year than they thought maybe a, a few months ago. Uh, they are hoping that Kirsten Cinema will pick up the Senate seat. So um, you hear you've gone updating me, and she was also catching up with another reporter who covered the GOP party, which was similarly excited. And she sounds relatively calm, but when I first got there, she was so busy, I was actually nervous to even bug her. So I'd like to go speak to Yvonne, but I'm a little nervous because she said she was stressed and she's typing away. So obviously I did, and it was funny, at one point she makes a note of all the beer in the room. Um, there's people drinking white wine, red wine, drinking beer. I wish I had a beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm still drinking coffee. But something <laughs> else funny and totally team. unexpected happened too. Oh yeah, what's that? She ran into her son's kindergarten teacher. Well, apparently I just learned from Diego's teacher, who happens to be here, um, that he went into the girls' room on purpose today and then spent all day crying because he got clipped down because he did, he made a bad choice. So, well, I'm sure talk have to talk about that in the morning. Oh, the joys of parenthood. Yeah, it was pretty hysterical. I very much enjoyed my front row seat to Yvonne and her element. You know, she was trying to field calls when a few problems came up. What do you think? Okay, stay in touch. Uh, they're not saying. Yeah. No, I'm saying, no, they're not saying. Like, there's no, yeah, there's no posturing or anything. And then, of course, seeing her literally jump on her chair to take photos of the crowd when they screamed. just announced that Democrats took the U.S. House of Representatives, which is a it's I actually major, had to bolt um, over to the stage at that point because a man was announcing the big house win to pump up the crowd. People are still at polling locations, so it's going to be a long night tonight. But we have something to celebrate right here, right now, and that is a democratically controlled House of Representatives. And then eventually Greg Stanton came up to give his victory speech, and Yvonne actually pulled me backstage. Oh, I'm behind the stage now. Greg's about to go on stage. She was actually going to get some time for one-on-one -on -one question, but we ended up leaving and not sticking around for that. And then after that... I gotta call Ron. I gotta make sure he got that file. Um, and I gotta check cinema results. And I have to use the ladies' room. I'll be right back. Oh, I gotta find my source. Let me go over here first. Actually, I better go to the bathroom first. Okay. I'll be right back. That's pretty much where I left her. 
Meanwhile, back in the newsroom. Yeah, 50.8 to 49. So literally, like, yeah. less. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, you can say he's ahead, but it's... Or you can say he's ahead, but it's very It's by a smidge, yeah. Hey, I just saw the... Uh, it's starting to mellow out to me. It's, a, it's about 10.30 at night, and uh, this day-long affair is really starting to uh, slow down a little bit, mercifully. That allows me to kind of take stock of the whole situation and, and look at the map nationally again. But it's really been the story of uh, great expectations that have kind of fizzled for many Democrats uh, across the country and, and here in Arizona in other down-ballot races. It's been uh, a story of limited gains. Um, you know, overall, it looks like the, uh, the blue wave was more of a blue ripple in House races anyway, that uh, Democrats succeeded in retaking the House nationally. They also succeeded in Arizona in flipping the uh, delegation to a 5-4 Democratic advantage, it looks like at this point, um, though we still don't have a final in the first district that Tom O'Halloran is running in. Um, it, that was progress. That that means a lot. They'll hold the gavel next year and, and be able to do investigations. But in terms of being able to lay claim to any kind of broader public mandate, that really seems like that didn't happen tonight. And uh, here in Arizona, we've seen uh, candidates who were expected to win won, but uh, they didn't win by uh, outrageous sums. We also saw people like David Schweikert, for example, a Republican in the Scottsdale 6th District, hang on even though he's been facing a House ethics investigation. So, um, and in the 8th District that's held by Republican Debbie Lesko, she appears to have rather easily defeated Hiral Tipperneni, the Democrat who she uh, defeated narrowly in April. So again, there was signs of Democrats doing better where they expected to do well, but not able to break through in places that have been really long-standing Republican uh, bulwarks. What has surprised you so far today? Um, you know, Florida has really kind of reasserted itself as a red state. Uh, that that kind of stood out to me. And I, I think that we've seen in the Midwest Democrats sort of really uh, reasserting themselves there. Those two things together suggest in 2020 we could have some really interesting dynamics in the presidential race. And it really sets the stage for these House races, once again, to be sort of a very uh, aggressive hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat here in Arizona as well. That the, the, race, the races the Democrats picked up would be the first ones they would lose if the pendulum swings much back to the Republicans in 2020 when Donald Trump himself will be on the ballot. You know, for Arizona, we're kind of uh, going to start walking into an era of diminished clout in Washington. We lost John McCain this past summer, and Jeff Flake is going to be leaving in January. We will have the two most junior senators in America uh, guaranteed in January, and that hurts us in the Senate side. On the House side, we're going to have Greg Stanton as the new Democrat in the 9th District. We also will have Ann Kirkpatrick, who's not new to Washington, but will be new to her new district in Tucson, uh, entering as a relatively junior House member. And um, we are seeing, you know, sort of this diminished ability to have any kind of pull in the House because of that. Um, our House members in the Republican side, many of them are on the Freedom Caucus. That is a somewhat marginalized force uh, within the Republican side. 
on the Democratic side, they're going to have a thin majority, but uh, a couple of those Democrats are so new, they're not going to have any uh, special clout uh, on the Hill. So, you know, Arizona will be there, but they won't have a lot of influence, is my guess. So how do you feel now that (laughs) it's over? Uh, glad that it's over. Now we get to absorb uh, more fully what this thing really uh, is all about. You know, it's funny because tonight we we think we know what happened and, and we'll have one reaction to it. But uh, I promise that in the week or two ahead as we really kind of take stock of what happened nationally and more uh, granularly here in Arizona at the precinct level, there will be surprises. There will be some things that didn't occur to us tonight and and. So so I'm looking forward to see what those messages are. Um, this is, it's not over yet. You know, you're supposed to go home and sleep, right? But the, the reality is I go home and just kind of do instant replay for a couple hours and then I just collapse and then we wake up and do it again. So uh, sleep will eventually come, but probably not much of it tonight. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Gaggle Podcast. We hope you liked this insight into the newsroom. Yvonne and Ron will be back next week. If you have any questions or comments, you can find Yvonne on Twitter at Yvonne Winget, and you can find Ron on Twitter at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Tune in to a new episode of The Gaggle every Wednesday. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was reported and produced by me, Taya Francesca Price, and me, Taylor Seeley, and our editor, Kayla White. Thanks again. We'll be back next week.